Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Clayton, pastor here at Central, and I'm so excited that, that all of you are here this morning. If you'd like to follow along with today's message, just scan the QR code that's on the screen right there. Your phone will pick it up, and you can follow along with uh, the messages. It always looks like people are taking pictures of me, so go ahead. It's fine. Um, they're not, <laughs> I assure you. Uh, but hey, uh, we're in the middle of this series called Asking um, for a Friend. Actually, go back to that last slide, because I think some people are still trying to take pictures of me. Um, so, yeah. So we've been in the middle of a series called uh, Asking for a Friend, and we've been, been you, know, you know how it is when you don't want someone to know that the question is coming from you, and so you say something, but then you kind of you end, end your question with, well, I'm just asking for a friend. And last week, we, we asked the, the big question, do all religions worship the same God? Now, that was a tough one, okay? And so to answer the question, we had to, had to jump in and talk about the Trinity, which, man, that got super confusing. And if you haven't watched it uh, or seen it or been there, just go online. You can, you can watch last week's message. But I don't know if I did an okay job or if I did an, uh, an adequate job. I don't know if maybe I even fell on my face. And some of you may have been, like, in the room and had some sympathy pains for me. You know what sympathy pains are, right? Where where you, you have physical or like emotional sympathy and even pain for the person that's up here doing something and you feel for them. I, I, several years ago, I got asked to be a judge for, for a, a community-wide talent show. Have you ever been to one of those? Okay, man. And I thought, man, it's going to be awesome because one of my spiritual gifts is judging people. And so, you know, I wanted, I really, like, this is going to be right in my alley. And so, <laughs> it's terrible. Sorry. Um, so I got to go and, and uh, be the judge, uh, one of the judges at this talent show. And some of them were good. And some of them, like, I just, oh, like, I can still feel that, that gut-wrenching, like, sympathy pain that I had for people, you know, where I just slowly would just continue to, like, get lower and lower in my chair to the point where I was like, please just stop, <laughs> you know, like, like just stop. I mean, I, I love you guys and, and y'all are, you're doing your very best, but man, that's just not your, not your thing. Okay. And I was just thinking, just, just, just please stop. Like, why are you doing what you're doing? You know, one of the, the big questions that we ask sometimes with the Christian faith or just life in general is we ask the question, why God? Why, why do you, if you're good and you are, you are all-knowing and you, you love people and you want the best for people, why, why do you allow bad things to happen to good people? That's a question that a lot of people have. Why does pain and suffering happen? We've all experienced pain and suffering. I mean, it's just something, it's just a part of life. But, you know, like, about, I don't know, it was about 13 years ago. Holly and I got a phone call from my sister, and she um, said, hey, just want to let you guys know that we are having twins. And we were like, what? We didn't even know that, like, ran in our family. We were gonna have, like, they were going to have twins, and we were like, this is awesome. And, and then they found out it was going to be twin boys. And we were like, man, this is, this is fantastic, because my son, Corbin, is the only, like, male cousin of, of the group. Anybody like that? Like, I'm the same way that it's just a whole bunch of girls in my family. It's, I'm, like, the only guy, you know, at, at vacation. And so, and so Corbin's the same way. We're like, awesome. We're going to have two um, male cousins. And so Corbin's about three years old at the time, and this is going to be fantastic and awesome. And, and they're progressing their pregnancy and getting ready for that. And they went in to a, for a doctor's visit, just a routine doctor's visit. And the nurse didn't really, you know, uh, talk to them much. And the doctor came in and they were, they were like, what's going on? And the doctor said, 
we can only find one heartbeat. And you're like, dang, you know, and you're confused and you're like, what, what does that mean? And well, what it would have meant was that one of the, the boys, identical twins, um, his name's Landon, and he had passed away um, in the womb. And so the pregnancy continued with uh, the, the other boy, Maddox, and there's a lot of complications, and they were at all these different hospitals all over Texas, and it was just, it was nuts, and, and they had to eventually deliver Maddox early, and he was like super premature, guys. Like, I remember going to like the NICU ward, and you had to put on the gloves, and and all the COVID stuff before COVID was a thing, you know, you had to put it all on and you go and we went to the little NICU and you got to go one at a time. And so I got to be back there by myself with him. And he's in this little, uh, the NICU like contraption, I don't know what you call it. And I remember taking out a, a pen that I had in my, my, my pocket and actually taking a picture of my phone um, to show the size of, of Maddox. And he was the size of the pen. I mean, he's that small. I mean, just tiny little, little baby. Uh, he has a little diaper on, you know, made diapers that small and little, little hoodie hat thing. And he was just, he was full of uh, all sorts of uh, little monitors and, and tubes and stuff. And he's got to pray over him and he's just struggling and breathing and he's alive. And you're like, man, God, please do something. You just pray and say, God, do a miracle because he's not supposed to survive. He's not supposed to survive. God, I'm praying. I'm, I'm the pastor of the family. I'm asking you, God, to, to save him. And he lived for 16 days, and he died. You ever been to a funeral where they don't bury just one baby but two at the same time? You're like, I mean, it questions your faith. Like deep down in your core, you're like, where are you, God? How can you allow that to happen? And it's a struggle. Even today, thinking about it and talking about it, well, just last year, the struggles continued for my family, and Holly and I, we were playing cards at home, and we get a phone call from Holly's parents, and Holly's brother, Chad, had passed away. He's 43 years old, you know, had his whole life in front of him, and he died suddenly, and you're just, you're like, what in the world? Like, why? Why has this happened? I mean, it was just, it's been a whirlwind for the last eight months. I mean, our family's just crazy, just, just the pain and suffering, and and the continuing of thinking about that and asking the questions and doubts and, and struggles. And you're like, God, why do you allow those things to happen? Well, I don't have all the answers today. It's kind of sobering, like beginning to a sermon. I get it. I'm sorry about that. But, I mean, it's, it's good to, to think about the pain and suffering that we go through. And the reality is, is that we all go through it. And so my answer to you is for this. Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? The simple answer is... Is because of sin. Because you and I live in a sinful world. We live in a, in a fallen world. And there's problems, and it's painful. How many of you guys like to watch fail videos? Anybody? I have an obsession with watching these fail videos, and I guys can't stop for some reason. You know the ones where like, they're, on, on a, they're on a skateboard, and then they go and get on the, the rail, and you're like, this is not going to go good. You know what I'm saying? And they go, and they just like eat it. I mean, just just face plant or someone's like water skiing or something and they're going way, way too fast and it's just going to go really bad really quick. And I, and I had those sympathy pains for them and it's just like, uh, especially when someone like face plants to the concrete, like you know that it's not just a chipped tooth, like, I mean, reconstructive surgery type of a thing. It's going to go really bad. And there's been some times and I can't stop watching them. Every, after every video, I'm like, ugh, and then I just keep going to the next one, okay? But like, I don't know why I got a problem. So um, counseling will be fine. 
but you know, like when someone face plants that hard, you know it's not just a chipped tooth. You know like every bone is, is broken, right? And I think it's a good way to think about the world, that everything is broken. Not just a chipped tooth, everything is broken. Uh, in fact, if you're taking notes today, you could write this down, that everything fractured at the fall. Not the skateboarder's fall, but the world's fall. When Adam and Eve, the very beginning, when they sinned, it wasn't just like their life that changed, but everybody's life from, from then on has changed. The world, as, as God had created it, as they knew it, was forever changed. And so the struggles, the pains, the things that you and I go through, it's because of that. It's going all the way very, back to the very beginning. In fact, Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says this. So it says, when Adam sinned, thanks a lot, right? Sin entered the world. And Adam's sin brought death, so death spread not to just him, but to everyone. Death spread to everyone, for everyone has sinned. You and I, we live in a fallen world that's wrecked with sin. So the short answer to our question today is, well, it's pain and suffering happens because of sin. And it's not just your sin, but it's my sin. It's all of our sins. And the difficult part about this is that we're interconnected, you know? So sometimes you, you encounter pain and suffering because, hey, it's your fault, right? I mean, you did that stupid thing. You made the choice to do what you did. But a lot of times, the pain and suffering that we experience is not because of something I directly did, but it's because of something that someone else did. And I'm having to, to live out that pain and suffering. And you ask, that is not fair. Why is that even happening? And the real question is, not why, why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? It's, why does God allow that to happen to me? You know? Like, the real question is, God, why is this happening to, to my life? Why are you allowing this to happen? Because deep down inside, we think we don't deserve it, you know? Jesus gave a great story, and a parable about the prodigal son. And you guys remember the prodigal son? And we talk about it, you know, it's like a, a metaphor about our lives. And, you know, we're, we're the prodigal son. We've run from God. But, you know, God is like the father and he, he brings you back and has grace and mercy and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's a good lesson in the middle of the prodigal son. But I think for most of us, we're actually the prodigal son's older brother. Remember that guy? That guy who, who uh, did everything right and he didn't take his inheritance early and he honored his father. And then when he sees his, his younger son showing up, or sorry, his younger brother showing up, who deserved everything that he got, deserved to lose everything and to be put in slavery because of his, his life and his, and his lifestyle and all the baddest choices he made and sins he had in his life. And the father, like, welcomes him and puts, like, a new coat and rings on his fingers. And the, the, the brother's like, how dare you, Dad, do that? Like, that is not fair, right? And we think life should be fair. And so the real question that we have is, why, God, have you allowed this to happen to me. That's a personal thing. Why is this happening to my life? And honestly, this has been happening from, from the, all the way back from the very beginning. In fact, if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis 37, there's a story about this guy named Joseph. Okay, and you guys probably know the story of Joseph, the, the guy with the coat of many colors and all that kind of stuff. But you have, you have Abraham, you have Isaac, and you have Jacob. Those were like his great-great-grandfather, his uh, great, or great-grandfather, grandfather, and then his, his dad, okay? And so Jacob, who is Joseph's dad, had 12 boys, okay? It's a lot of boys, okay? And so he had 12 boys, and they become the tribes of Israel. 
And one of the youngest ones is this guy named Joseph. And the Bible says that, that Jacob loved Joseph more than anybody else. He was, his, he was one of his youngest kids. Um, he was just like, a, he just kind of, he, they meshed together. And, and Joseph was kind of cocky about it. I mean, he was that guy that you would all be like, something bad deserves to happen to that guy. You know, you know? I mean, I mean he, he'd have these dreams. And then he would go to his brothers and be like, look, this dream from God, it was pretty much like a vision, and it was saying that you guys are all going to bow down to me, and you're all going to, you, you know, all that kind of stuff, you're like, how dare you, who do you think you are, right, and so this is kind of Joseph in, in his life, and, and um, his older brothers are doing, uh, they're doing work for their dad, they're out shepherding far off, and Jacob tells Joseph, hey, I want you to go and check on them, I want you to go and do a good thing, so Joseph's like, yeah, I'm going to honor my dad, I'm going to go do that, and so he travels, and he goes, and, and he, he's checking up on his brothers, you guys probably know the story, but here's what, it, here's what it says in verse 18 right here. It says that when Joseph's brothers, they saw him coming from, from afar off, they recognized him in the distance. And as he approached, they didn't make plans to welcome him. They made plans to kill him. They hated him so much. Like, you know what? Let's figure out how to kill him. And so as he's walking closer and closer, they devise this plan. And look what happens in verse 23. Verse 23 says, so when Joseph arrived, his brothers, they ripped off that beautiful robe that he was wearing. So they took away his identity and his, his birthright. Then they, then they grabbed him and threw him into the, the cistern or into the, the well, right? And now the cistern was empty and there was no water in it. And so there, there was no way that he could survive in the middle of that. They're like, awesome. And they devised a plan how, how they could get away with it. You know, we could, we could lie to our dad and say that he was mauled, you know, by animal and all that kind of stuff. And we even put blood on his, his coat. They, they created this entire, like, ruse for this to happen. And then they were like entrepreneurs, okay? And they realized, we could make some money off of this thing. Like, let's not just end there. So they saw this caravan coming by, and they said, let's take our brother out of it. And let's sell him into slavery, and we could make some money off of this. Here's what happens in the, the next Verse, verse 28. It said, Joseph's brother, they pulled him out of the cistern and they, they sold him. They sold him to the people that were coming by for 20 pieces of silver. And I think for anybody in this story who deserved to say why, <laughs> it'd be Joseph, right? God, why? Why have you allowed this to happen to me? I think it's important for us to see that even for people that are doing everything right, life is hard. Life is hard and it's difficult and there's suffering and there's, there's heartache. And I think it, it teaches us something and shows us something within suffering that it creates doubt. And I think it's something natural. There, there's some things that happen. Suffering, it produces doubt in our lives. It just does. I mean, that's just kind of a natural thing that happens. When we go through pain and suffering... We doubt things. And a lot of times we doubt God. Like we doubt some, we have some questions like this. Is God punishing me? We ask that question. And you think, what about, if I've done anything wrong to deserve this? And you kind of think back in your life. Did I make a wrong choice? Did I turn my back on God? Is he mad at me? That kind of stuff. When we begin to question our faith and our relationship with God. And honestly, the character of God. We, we question that. And we ask, is God punishing me? Or has he abandoned me? Because honestly, God, I'm right here, and I don't feel you anymore. I don't sense your presence. I don't see you working in my life. And so you've obviously left, because I'm still here. So have you abandoned me? Or we ask even more personal questions. God, do you even love me? Do you even care about me? Well, this morning, I would like to address um, some of those doubts that we have. I want to address them with just a, a few truths 
that we need to hear when we ask the question, why God has this happened to me? Well, John 16, verse 33, this is, uh, not a, this is from Jesus, but it's not a verse that you, know, you really want on a coffee mug, okay? This is not like a life verse. Here's what Jesus says. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, period, okay? That's not, thanks a lot, Jesus. Like, I thought you were supposed to be inspirational, you know? Like, and let's think about some other verses, right? But, but Jesus says this, here on earth you're going to have many trials and sorrows. And I think there's something profound that Jesus is saying here, and he's saying this, life will wound you. It will wound you. So we got to deal with it. We got to accept it. We got to get over it. How many of you guys loved the snow this past week? I loved, man, it was, I loved, I loved that snow, man. But you know what I realized about snow is that it affects everybody. I mean, you can't escape the snow. It, it affects every single one of us in different ways. Like some of you guys might have got hit by a snowball. Anybody? Okay. So it affected you. Some of you may have fallen um, on the ice. Anybody fall? Okay. Today? Anybody fall today? Okay, some of y'all might have even fallen today coming to church. So you, maybe you've uh, skidded around in the car or maybe even saw a wreck or got in a wreck yourself. I mean, life has been altered just a little bit this week because of all the snow. Maybe you had a pipe bust or some of your plans got changed. You see how like snow affects you. I mean, when, when that happens, I mean, everything kind of stops and it just every, everything is, ends when, when the snow shows up. I think it's a good thing to think about with life that when it comes to pain and suffering, it's just something that we can't escape. Like, life is going to wound you. you you're not going to be able to get out of this life without some wounds and bloodshed, you know? Like, this battle we call life, you're going to have to struggle through it. And I hate that. That's not inspirational. I mean, thanks, Jesus, for saying that. But, I mean, that, that is the truth, that we will go through many trials and many sorrows. Some of you guys will, probably half of y'all, will be affected by a divorce. Almost all of us will be betrayed by somebody. 40% of you, all of us, will, will go through cancer in our life. Most of us will, will face sickness. It may be life-threatening. We will experience accidents that will change our lives. We will go through struggles that will alter our future. And we will all experience the death of people we love. I mean, that, that's just reality of life. I get, I get it. It's, it's not inspiring. Let's pray and get out of here, okay? Like, that, that stinks to think about that. But that is just the reality of life. But here's the second thing, the second truth I want you guys to, to know today is this. It has an expiration date. Suffering has an expiration date. You know what it is when you get that glass of milk and you go and take that big swig and then there's like some chunky stuff in, in it, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, you, you can't really taste something until you breathe and then you breathe and like, huh? you know, like just think about that. And you go and look at the milk and you realize the, the expiration date has passed. That's a great thing to think about with our suffering. The Bible says that, yes, you will suffer, but there is an expiration date. Look what the Bible says here in James chapter 1. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure, endure testing and temptation. Going through stuff in life, okay? And underline this word, afterward. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. 
What the Bible says here is that every single one of us is going to go through temptations and trials and suffering and pain. But there is an end date, an expiration date, because the Bible says that afterward, after that thing has happened, afterward you're going to get something better. The Bible says it's a crown of life. And that's ultimately talking about in heaven one day. But it's also talking about here and now, in this life, suffering has an expiration date. It won't last forever. But in the middle of our suffering, I think it's important, number three is this, that we practice the art of grieving well. A lot of us don't grieve very well, and I'm one of those people. How many guys are just like, mm, I'm not going to cry? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just me. I, I, I don't want to cry. I want to be the strong one. But it's biblical and healthy to grieve, to grieve well. In, in fact, Jesus even grieved at the loss of, of Lazarus and his friend. We got to allow ourselves space to, to grieve in the middle of our in the middle of our, our struggles, in the middle of our suffering. And the problem is a lot of times we suppress that, right? And we, we, want, to, we want to hurry past pain. But when, here's, the, here's the crazy thing. When we don't allow time to grieve, we're missing something. Like we're missing an opportunity for God to show up in our lives. And a lot of times we, just, we, just, we don't want to even think about it. We don't want to process that. But we need to process grief. We got to learn how to grieve well, but also we got to allow other people to be in our lives when we're going through pain and suffering and grief. That's why almost every culture has a funeral, some type of a funeral, when there's a loss of life. Why? So you can grieve together, right? I mean, that, that is the purpose of, of one of the purposes of the funeral is to, to be able to come together and to grieve. But a lot of us, we're experts at isolation. We don't want people to know what's going on. We want to just deal with this and, and toughen up, and we'll get through this on our own. But that's not how God created us. He wants us to be together. we got to learn the art of grieving well. And here's the other thing we need to do. As we suffer, we need to dive deep. Here's what I mean by that. When we ask the question, why, to God, why are you allowing this? Why is this going on? Why is this happening in my life? When we ask that question, well, what's really happening is that we have a lack of trust in him. Like, we don't know him well enough. We don't know him well enough, and so in our lives, we're like, man, why is this happening to me? I don't understand why this happened to me. God, why did you do this? And we don't understand God's character. We don't know, understand his love for us and his relationship with us, and so we have doubts. In the middle of our suffering, we have to learn how to, to dive deep. Because if we're honest, I think every one of us wants a better relationship with God. Anybody here that says, you know what, my relationship is perfect. Nailed it. I'm killing it. Everybody should be like me. No, everybody wants to love God more. They want to understand him more. They want to have a deeper relationship um, with him. And what if the reason you're suffering is because God is using that as a tool to do something in your life, to change you? to help you see something different from a different perspective. So anybody wake up this week from the snow and it, you looked outside and it was just like perfect? You know, you had that perfect lawn. You couldn't even see your, your driveway or, your, or your, uh, your walkway. It was just perfect. You go back in the house and you come back to the window later and you look and dang it, some kid walked through my yard. You know what I'm saying? 
Who do they think they are messing up my perfect scenery, right? Or you let the dogs out in the backyard, and it's so funny watching dogs like try to tippy-toe through all the snow, right? And, and what happens? They leave a, a trail, don't they? Whether it's a kid going through a yard or dogs going through a yard, they leave a trail in the snow. And what does a trail mean? It means that someone has been there, right? Something has happened in that moment. And every time you and I go through pain and suffering, it's good to look back and remember and see that God has been walking through that with us every time. Every single thing that we've gone through in our, in our lives, tragedy, struggles, suffering, God has never failed us. And I, can, I know that's a fact because his word says that he will never leave us or forsake us. He will always be right next to us. And, and it's, it's important for us to look back when we go through suffering to dive deep and remember that God is with us because it's going to help us as we move forward in our suffering. And so when you, here's what happens. When, when you lose your job, your future plans change. Everything kind of alters in, in your life. It affects not just you, but your, your loved ones. When you lose your job and you've been walking with God and you've seen him time and time provide for you, here's what you can do. You can remember him in one way. You can call him Jehovah Jireh, Old Testament word that means the Lord will provide. And you can claim that over your life and say, you know what, God, I know you're going to provide for me. I'm going to do everything I can to work hard, but I know that you're going to be there for me. I trust you because I've seen it time and time again that you've never left my side. When you get sick, family member gets sick, you can call on Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord who heals. And maybe he heals in, in this life, maybe he heals in, the, in, 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 in heaven, but God, but God still heals. He still provides for you and he still loves you. When your world is turned upside down, you get that phone call. Who do you turn to? Well, you can turn to Jehovah Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. You say, God, I need your peace right now. And I've seen you do this over and over again. I'm trusting you. I've seen the footprints in, your, in my life, and, and, and I know that you're going to be there for me. So, God, I need you right now to help me. When you've been abused, when you've been hurt, when you're struggling, you can rely on Jehovah Nisi, which means, I love this one, the Lord is my, is my banner. Like he goes before me into battle. You can say, you know what, God, I'm needing that in you, from you right now. I need you to help me do that. Guys, here's something we gotta figure out. Suffering is a gift. And that's not easy to say. I hate it. I hate suffering. I hate um, how it makes me feel. I hate how it makes my, my loved ones feel. But suffering, in a way, is a gift because God is able to speak into our lives like never before. You know what I mean? Like never before. I love what C.S. Lewis had to say about it. Here's what he said. He says that in pain, ins pain insists upon being attended to, okay? It's like, it's like a little baby that always needs attention, right? You can never get a good night's sleep. I mean, it's always, always right there and, and crying. Pain says, you know what? You can't ignore me. And here's what he says, God whispers to us in our pleasures. And he speaks to us 
in our consciences. But he shouts in our pain, right? I love love what he says. He says, it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Pain and suffering is God's megaphone in your life sometimes. To maybe get your attention. Maybe to put you in a position where you will trust in him like you never have before. To grow in your relationship and to dive deep. So what is God saying? What is he trying to teach us? Well, I think he's trying to teach us something. This is the fifth thing. That we need to trust that God is up to something. Right? We need to trust that he is up to something. Because sometimes we can't see it, you know, like in the middle of our pain and suffering, in the middle of that tragedy, in the middle of uh, whatever might, might, might be that thing that you know that's in your brain right now. You're like, I don't understand, God, why? Why is that even happening to me? I can't see it. And it's like there, there's a great illustration from Augustine who's lived like 1,800 years ago, okay? And he says this. He says that pain and, and suffering, we see it as if we, our nose is up to a stained glass window, like this picture right here. Like you see that and you're like, well, okay. All, all I kind of see is, is a bunch of broken glass. I see a bunch of shards of things. And honestly, when you look up real close to stained glass, that's all you see. You see just, you see chaos and you see things that, like, I don't understand why this is happening to me. I don't understand why this happened in my life, in my, my, my family's life. Why is this going on? All I see is pain and suffering and it doesn't make sense. But if we can take a step back, and we could see like God sees, we would see that this is, this is the result. This is what God is doing. Does that make sense? Like in our pain and suffering, we, all we can see is what's happening right there. But God has a bigger picture. He is up to something. He's up to something different than we can see. And he's constantly drawing us closer to him through pain and suffering. And we see this back in our story with Joseph, right? You guys know the story. He goes and he... He's sold to slavery, and he spends a lifetime in slavery. What do you think he was thinking during that time? Because he had heard all the stories of how through his lineage, the Messiah was going to come. Through his lineage, a great nation was going to come. I mean, his great-grandfather was Abraham, for goodness sake, right? I mean, he had this, this great like, life set up for him. And all of a sudden, he's in a foreign land, have to learn a new language, a new culture. He is a slave. He has no rights. But in his life, he, he, gets, he grows. He grows more, and God provides for him until eventually he's like second in command of all of Egypt. And he's, he's one, of the, one of the leaders, which is crazy. And, and he's like, why is this happening to me, God? And then all of a sudden, there's a famine in the land, um, and, and all the people, all of his people come down to try to seek refuge from Egypt. And here's what happens when he meets his brother. Look, look what it says here. In the scripture, Genesis 50, 20 says this. He talks to his brothers and says, you know what? I'm killing every one of y'all because y'all deserve it, <laughs> right? I mean, he could have done that. He could have done that. But he says this. He says, no, you intended to harm me. How dare you do that to me? You intended to harm me? But he saw not the up-close stained glass. He saw the big picture. And he says, but God intended it all for good. And he brought me to this position which was not fun. It wasn't pretty. He almost lost his life. You brought, God brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. He realized that God had a plan and a purpose for all of it. 
So what is God asking us to do? Simply is this, to trust him. I don't have all the answers for why bad things happen to good people. I don't understand why pain and suffering happens in your life and in my life. But here's the thing I do know, that God is trustworthy. And we can trust him in the middle of it. You know, every single one of us, <laughs> we are so close to tragedy happening in our lives. And my question for you is, are you ready for it? Every single one of us is just a phone call away. When you get a phone call at three in the morning, is that ever good? What does it make you feel? All of a sudden, in your mind, everything goes, what has happened to whoever, right? And you're thinking through, something, something bad has happened when you get a phone call at three o'clock in the morning. Every single one of us is a phone call away from our life completely changing. Every single one of us is a, is, is a, is a uh, doctor's visit away from hearing some bad news. Every single one of us is a, a car ride away from tragedy happening. Like, life is so fragile. So the question is not, will tragedy happen? Will pain and suffering happen? It's gonna happen. It's life. We live in a sinful world. The question is, are you prepared for it? Are you ready for it? Let me leave you with this, this one little passage. First Peter. Here's what Peter says to us. Be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, even though things stink right now in your life, hey, just know there's, there's joyful times ahead. He says these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than, than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Here's what God is doing in the middle of your pain and your suffering. What he's saying is, hey, don't worry. There's a wonderful day ahead. But you know what? In the middle of your pain and suffering, he is strengthening your faith. That's what he's saying, like testing not testing your faith to see if you have faith, but he's saying like, like fire tests gold. It purifies it and makes it stronger and better. And every single time you go through pain and suffering, you can trust God more. That's why it's hard for a 12-year-old to trust in God like a 65-year-old who's been walking with God, trusting. Does that make sense? Why? Because the 65-year-old has been time and time again trusting God. They've seen those footprints and said, you know what? God has been faithful even in the middle of trial, even in the middle of tragedy. He is there. I can trust him. So God is allowing us to go through stuff so he can strengthen our faith. You know what? If you're not a believer in Christ, God allows you maybe to go through pain and suffering as a megaphone to call you to faith. Say, so you know what? You can't do it on your own. You need a savior. Maybe that's, that's the answer for you today. So you haven't walked with God, and you say, you know what, I, I need him. And I want to make that offer to you today. You're struggling. You're far from God. The answer is him. It's him to trust in him. We would love to talk to you later in our connection room about what that looks like. But maybe that's where you are. But I know for a lot of us, we've been walking with God for, for a while now. And, and we're in the middle of stuff. How do we, how do we get through how do we trust God? God is up to something. We may not understand it. It may be like looking at that stained glass, but we got to trust that God has a bigger picture for us. Maybe that's not a good answer, 
for why does bad things happen to good, good people? That seems to be what scripture has to say to us. God is trustworthy. We live in a broken world, but he loves you. Let's pray. God, thank you for being always faithful, even in the middle of tragedy and suffering and struggles and loss. Ugh, we hate those things. Some of us are going through them right now. And we need to hear this message today, God, that you are faithful. You will see us through and you have a plan for it. We may not be able to see it right now, but someday we, we pray we can. And God, we pray that you use our pain and our suffering and our loss to make much of you, to help other people, to strengthen our faith. Some of us are gonna go through some stuff that we can't even fathom right now. That we wouldn't wish on our worst enemy. So God, I pray you prepare us for that. That we'd see those footprints in our lives of you walking with us time and time again. And you've always gotten us through. So we can trust you. Help us, God, to trust you in all things. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.